I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Since District Attorney Chesa Boudin took office in San Francisco, critics have questioned his progressive approach to administering criminal justice, particularly around how he prosecutes cases. It's that kind of scrutiny that has helped galvanize a fiery recall campaign. In a few weeks, San Franciscans will weigh in. Have Boudin's policies earned him the right to stay in office? Many recall supporters say a resounding no, including District 2 Supervisor Catherine Stephanie. She announced Tuesday that she believes Boudin should be removed from office. She's the first San Francisco elected official to support the recall, and her reasons echo the sentiments of other recall supporters, that Boudin's progressive policies have made San Francisco more dangerous. Recall proponents like Supervisor Stephanie say that Boudin refuses to file charges, and they blame that reluctance for what they say is a surge in crimes across the city. At the crosshairs of their critiques are Boudin's methods of channeling people into diversion programs, which are alternatives to incarceration, which reroute people to rehabilitation or court-supervised programming. It's part of a national trend of criminal justice reform, depopulate prisons and jails, and give people who commit lower-level offenses an opportunity to pay their debt another way, without a conviction on their record. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporters Susie Nielsen and Joshua Sharp talk about their new story. It takes a deep dive into how Boudin has leveraged diversion programs into his progressive policies. We'll dig into what these programs do, what kinds of crimes qualify for diversion programs in San Francisco, and how successful the programs have been so far. We'll also talk about whether people are really understanding how diversion programs work in their assessment of Boudin's performance as San Francisco's district attorney. Susie and Joshua, thank you so much for joining me on Fifth Emission. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Cecilia. So, Joshua, district attorney Chesa Boudin has made it a goal to reduce jail and prison populations. And one way he's done that is through diversion programs. Tell me more about what is the broad idea around diversion programs. How do they work? So diversion programs are meant to be an alternative to traditional responses to crimes such as jail time, prison time, fines. San Francisco uses more than 20 diversion programs in courts. They range from light to intensive supervision. They're many, many different kinds of courts. There are courts for people who have mental health illness. There are courts for veterans. There are programs for people who can't afford their fines. There's even a program for graffiti artists to go out and scrub graffiti as, as opposed to being prosecuted the traditional criminal way. The idea is that these are less punitive and hopefully more helpful than the normal tr- traditions of the criminal justice system. And how do people get matched to these programs? How do they determine the program that fits the crime, essentially? The decision of which program somebody ends up in is is ultimately up to a judge. The judge can weigh the DA's office position as well as the public defender's office position or the private attorney's position, if there is one in the case. And Susie, you've used your data reporting skills in the newsroom to help Chronicle readers make sense of how the DA's office has handled cases under Boudin's leadership. Recall proponents like to say that Boudin refuses to file charges, but it's really more accurate to say that Boudin channels people who are charged to these diversion programs. Does that really put him in contrast to his predecessor, George Gascon? It's really complicated, all of these different interlocking systems. 
And first, I want to say that Boudin is still filing charges in a lot of these diverted cases. A lot of the cases become diverted into programs after getting charged. Diversion rates were actually increasing prior to Boudin taking office. So over the last few years of George Gascon's tenure, diversion rates had already started to go up, although they went up far more under Boudin. Secondly, diversion has started to grow in popularity nationwide. So in a 2018 study that we looked at of 11 major metropolitan counties, the researchers that wrote that paper said that a growing number of prosecutors have established pretrial diversion programs in recent years. And then another thing to note is that California has actually made it easier statewide to have prosecutors and judges funnel cases to diversion programs. So there's this bill that was signed recently called AB 3234 that made a larger number of cases eligible for diversion and made it easier for judges to just automatically put cases into diversion programs. Finally, something that's really interesting about working on this and looking at this in San Francisco is that the county has kind of long had a more robust system of diversion programs than other counties. I think what's what's interesting about recent trends is that San Francisco is diverting more felony cases. So assaults, robberies, things like that. Um, That's been a really interesting trend in recent years. But San Francisco has definitely, I think, had a more robust system of diversion programs for a long time. And Joshua, what do proponents say are the benefits of diversion programs? The proponents of these programs say that basically the first step in how they in, in how they are useful is that they eliminate the harms caused by time in jail. Time in jail can cause people to lose their job, cause people to lose their apartment, their car, many, many things. And the idea is that if you can avoid that, people will have better outcomes and are less likely to reoffend. And the programming is very important in, in these programs because the in, in the in the vast majority of them People get a case manager who takes an interest in them, very much tries to figure out how to, how best to help them. What steps do they need to take? Do they need to go to counseling? Do they need to go to drug treatment? Do they need to make sure that they're taking their medicine? Do they need to make sure that they're looking for a job? It ranges different programs from sort of light handholding to really intensive supervision. And why would people argue against diversion programs? I think most criminal justice researchers agree that diversion programs are very effective in many lower level misdemeanor cases. The research is less robust on the impact of diversion for higher level felony cases, primarily because there aren't a lot of areas that actually use diversion programs for felonies. But we actually looked at a study published by the California Policy Lab earlier this year that looked at the impact of diversion on felony cases in San Francisco. And that research showed that diversion was actually very effective. I've spoken with people who support the recall effort against uh, Chesa Boudin, including Don Dubain, who's a former prosecutor with George Gascon's office. And Don made the point that, you know, even though there's some research on felony diversion, he, he took issue with the fact that Boudin is diverting a higher level of felony offenders and said that there's just not enough research out there to really support that method. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who would agree with that, that it's still kind of untested. And in a time where people feel unsafe in San Francisco, maybe that's not what the prosecutor should be doing. 
But I think, yeah, opinions are a little bit mixed. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fit the Mission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. You both looked at data from the DA's office to look at how diversion programs were being utilized in San Francisco. What do we know about the people that were getting put through these programs? Who was most likely to be put into a diversion program? Yeah, so the people that are often getting referred to these diversion programs tend to look similar to the people that are just getting traditionally arrested for crimes and charged with crimes in San Francisco. So they are disproportionately likely to be Black and Hispanic, and they're disproportionately likely to be men. Actually, though, when I talked to this researcher from the California Policy Lab, she said that people getting diverted are slightly less likely to be Black than people who are traditionally prosecuted, which I found really interesting. One big group of people who are going through this are people who don't have big previous records. What the data shows is that one of the programs gaining popularity right now is called pretrial diversion. And this this program actually goes back to 1976 in San Francisco is when it was started. This program initially was for first-time offenders charged with misdemeanors, and that is still what it's geared toward. However, there are some felony cases that come in now. This would be people who otherwise prosecutors, judge, uh, and a defense attorney may think uh, would not come into contact with the justice system if they were just given a second chance to learn from the behavior that caused them to come into contact with the system and also learn how to avoid it in the future. So, Susie, is San Francisco unique in the way it's relied on diversion programs compared to other cities and counties across the state? I wouldn't say that it's unique. I would say it's unusual. I think San Francisco has a lot of very robust diversion programs. As Joshua said, I think there are more than 20 in the county. But I was just looking at Yolo County's district attorney website, and they also have diverted a large share of cases in the last few years. I think you're kind of seeing this trend nationwide and particularly in Democratic counties towards increased use of diversion. And California has made it a lot easier in a lot of the counties that are really interested in using diversion more. So you're seeing a lot more DUI cases, for example, being diverted statewide. And I think the pandemic also impacted how the courts were able to handle cases. So the courts shut down, there were fewer resources available to traditionally prosecute cases. And so um, some DAs were using diversion as a way to keep jail populations low too, to prevent the spread of COVID. So there are a lot of different factors at play statewide that are also, I think, increasing diversion in other counties. Mm -hmm. So Josh, do we know what the success rate of these programs are? Do they actually improve community safety and prevent recidivism in San Francisco? Well, it very much depends on which program you're talking about, because they're all uh, very much tailored to the people who are in them. Um, even the individual participants, not just the group of people. But I will say, uh, we, we talked earlier about the program that is called pretrial diversion for either first time or near first time people entering the justice system. I'll give you a for instance of the year 2021 in the pretrial diversion program. This is administered by a nonprofit called the San Francisco Pretrial Diversion Project that's been going since the 70s in San Francisco. In 2021, they say that 97% of the people 
who entered the program completed it without uh, another arrest or parole violation or probation violation. So they said they have very high success rates. Mm-hmm. And Joshua, did you speak to anyone for this story who went through a diversion program and how that worked for them? Yes, I talked to a young man named Alonzo Velasco. Uh, he has to only be identified by his middle and last name. He went through a program called Make It Right, which is offered by the San Francisco DA's office. For him, this happened in 2017 when he was about 17 himself. What happened in his case was he was at a park hanging out with some friends at night, and he was in a car, started showing out in front of front of his friends like you do, and uh, started driving on the grass in the park. And some police saw this and began to per- pursue him, and he kept driving and um, ended up wrecking the car, jumping out and trying to run. And he was arrested, but because he did not have a prior record, he was offered um, to go through the Make It Right program, which is a restorative justice program. And what restorative justice entails is the person who has committed the offense is put through programming counseling to understand the behavior that went into it, understand how, uh, how to overcome it, understand the impact on the people uh, who may have been the victim of, uh, of it. In his case, the people affected by his crime were mainly his sister and his mother. That's who participated in the program with him. His sister had the car in her name, so she had some issues with tow fees and that kind of thing. The car belonged to his mother, and this is how she got to and from to work. And because of this, she had to catch rides for a month because the car was messed up. So in this program, this young man, um, Alonzo Velasco, discovers through the program that he has an anger problem, and he starts to figure out ways to deal with it. He found that he was able to express himself in ways that he could not before he went to the program. And I asked him, looking back, you know, if you could imagine what it would have been like to go through the traditional system, what would you prefer? And he, you know, he said this was definitely, this was a hard situation to go through, you know, so he had to really dig deep and um, focus on, you know, himself and figuring out why he was behaving the way he was. And remember, he's a young man. So the alternative to this program would have been a conviction that stays on his record for uh, potentially many, many years and keeps him from getting work. The alternative is he hasn't had any more trouble in these past five years. He has a steady job installing solar panels. He has a little baby. Things are going great. So... It works for some people, but of course there's going to be critics out there. And the recall election against Chesapeake-Dean has been so politically and emotionally charged, and there hasn't been a lot of room for nuance. Susie, what do you think is kind of the main takeaway from this story that you think San Francisco voters should keep in mind as, of course, the recall election nears? What struck me a lot from working on this story is that diversion is becoming increasingly popular in California as a whole. And while Boudin may play a role in increasing diversion in San Francisco, he's not really the main driver of diversion. This is kind of the way I feel about crime under Boudin, too. Like, you know, there may be some some role that he's playing, but it's not as significant maybe as voters currently believe or as both the recall and the anti-recall people would have you believe. It's more that there is this kind of changing trend in how we're prosecuting crime in the state. And Boudin might be more on the front lines of that, but a lot of people are working on it. Mm -hmm. What about for you, Joshua? 
Diversion, particularly in San Francisco, is something that is talked about but does not seem to be understood by most folks. And that that is what I hear when I talk to the people who do know a lot about it, who are deeply involved in it. And they tell me, you know, the big thing that they um, want to say is this isn't just about Jesse Boudin. And this isn't just because of him. This is their state laws that play into this, like Susie mentioned. And they also say that this is not a free pass. These programs are often very, very difficult. And if you can't make it, then you don't make it and your, your case goes back to regular court. So mm-hmm. there, there's definitely nuances around it. There's, there's all sorts of uh, inter- interlocking programs and systems and people involved. So just keep in mind there's a lot of nuance going on. Joshua Sharp covers criminal justice for The Chronicle, and Susie Nielsen is a data reporter. Their story about diversion programs under San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin's office is online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs> 